On this episode of the Real Life Caddy podcast, Wee Neil has the week off, and I'm joined by producer Mike and another caddy who has at least three Bubba Watson Bell End of the Week awards. Yes, that's right, we can finally introduce Big Tony to the Real Life Caddy faithful. We kick things off with Caddy Stories of the Week before I give Big Tony a thorough interrogation into his caddy career and golf experience. Are the rumours true that he is more bag carrier than caddy? And does he choke under pressure while playing the game? These questions will be answered, and I know you will want to stay tuned to hear Big Tony's best line ever used on a golf course. It's my favourite. At the end of the show, we will be testing Tony's general knowledge, as well as answering mailbag questions and giving out our notable mentions. Please enjoy the episode, and make sure to rate, review, and share the podcast with friends. Many thanks for listening. I got this little problem, I got the hooking the ball, hooking the ball. Welcome to episode number 52 of the Real Life Caddy podcast. It's called Caddy Confessional Continues. And in the confessional box this week, we have Big Tony. Welcome to the gazebo, Tony. Thank you, Gordon. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. We're also with producer Mike. Hello, everybody. Gordon, Tony, how are you? Very good, good very to be good. Here. We Neil, he has the week off. He's, he's feeling under the weather after that divorce from Gibby. It, it it really did take its toll. I, I For two days, I called him and no answer. No answer. So, uh, we Neil, I hope you get better soon. We'll see you in a week. Big Tony, you're a regular listener to the podcast. I am. Yeah, I enjoy the podcast. So how do we always start every episode? We start with recent caddy stories. Excellent. Go for it. What's happened in your life in the uh, past week? Well, it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks, uh, but uh, there is a story from two weeks ago that I will never forget. So I'm caddying for two people in the group, and there's two people without a caddy. One of the two people without a caddy is playing the blue tees. He steps up, takes a practice swing, takes another practice swing, and proceeds to launch the ball at least 80 yards right of the fairway. I mean, it must have been out in the street. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. the first tee can be intimidating, you know, playing with the, he was playing with a couple strangers. I understand it can be intimidating. But what followed what was, was amazing I mean, the man just had no self-awareness. He walked over to his golf cart, got a ball, walked back to the tee, teed it up, practice swing, practice swing, launched it even further right. I mean, we're talking 100 yards right of the fairway, just launched it over the building. <laughs> wow. And what was crazy, you're like, okay, this thing's happened. It's golf. Golf is tough. He did it two more times. Oh. Four balls out of bounds. And each time he went through his whole routine, <laughs> Ouch. and the rest of the group were all just like, what what's happening? Uh-huh. I mean, it was so strange. You're just like this can't actually be happening. Did this character have a name? I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. Oh. Bell End. <laughs> um, that's a fair assessment. I, I'll I'll go along with that. So it was fascinating. So my players are playing the white tees. We tee off. My player hits a mediocre drive, and he's like, "Oh, can I hit another one, Tony?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, my friend. We have to go." I mean, mm-hmm. we've been on the tee like 10 minutes. Yeah. In theory, we should finish this hole in three minutes. And your boy, <laughs> your boy was, uh, his, was his name Tim by any chance, the one playing the blues, no? I can't remember. Not I'm from sorry. Thousand Oaks, Timmy, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pre- previous one we had. Uh, that's funny. I don't, uh, don't remember, but I don't think it was from Thousand Oaks. What's crazy is he took two more shots, so three shots into the greenside bunker. Left of the green on the first hole is out of bounds. He then proceeds to launch two bunker shots out of bounds. <laughs> he then takes the new rule where you can drop over by the out of bounds and add two shots rather than replay it and add one. Yeah. New rule passed this year. 
He ends up taking 19. I, as, I was, no. as I'm walking out to the second fairway, I do the math. Four balls out of bounds off the tee, two balls out of bounds. And what was crazy is he had no self-awareness. He never said, oh, guys, I'm sorry. Let me, let me finish this up. Or I'm sorry, I've got this big bet. I have to play out the hole. He never said anything. No. He just assumed we would all wait while he went back and forth to the wow. cart and launched the balls out of bounds. It was very strange. Um, of course, he did not belong on the blue tees, although he was quite a long hitter. But uh, very few people do belong in the blue tees. He did get better. Nineteen. He didn't do nineteen every hole, but that no. was. <laughs> uh, I've seen some strange things on the first tee, but that was epic. Any idea what you shot? I, I don't, but uh, you know, he didn't break a hundred. He didn't come anywhere near oh, breaking no, hundred. I was thinking, yeah, I mean, he did make some pars. <laughs> he was a long hitter. He could play a little. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you have to swing pretty hard to get the ball a hundred yards right off the tee. That's 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 some pretty good going. I seen Baker Finch stuff right there. Uh, it was. I still remember shaking my head, walking down the second hole, like what, what the hell just happened? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was bizarre. Anyway, that was a recent story, and that is one I will never forget. Never forget. Never forget. Producer Mike, what's been going on in your life? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to expand upon the, the blue tea thing because I, I had a group of fellows in from the Bay Area. You know who you are. Uh -huh. And uh, they, they showed up, and they're all probably double-digit handicaps. There's a couple single digits that were masquerading as uh, single digits. Uh -huh. But again, playing the gold tees, the middle tees, and... Oh. It's just not. So, Gordon, I am so upset about this that I'm throwing down a challenge to either you, to Tony, to Neil, to any listener. Okay. Here's the deal. All right. Okay. Show up in our area. Mm -hmm. Call us up. Let me know. Whatever course you want to play, mm -hmm. you plop down the green fee. If you're a 12 or more handicap. 12 or more. 12 or more. You play the Reds and you break 90. Okay. I'll pay your green fee. Okay. Okay. Interesting. If, if you're a zero to a nine handicap. Right. Play the Red Tees, you have to break 70. Okay. 70. And I'll refund your money. Right. Because I'm so tired. What, ha what happens <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a 10 or 11? I never trust 10s <laughs> or 11s. <laughs> I was going to say, I might like to have a go at that. Yeah. What, what yeah. You, tell me, what's your handicap? Oh, it varies. Uh, most of my life, I've been between 8 and 10, but uh, it's a little higher now. been uh, struggling a little with some injuries, so it's uh, crept up over the last year or two. But, struggling uh, from tea to green? Yes, and then once I get on the green, it really gets bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. We kneel. I fancy doing that. I'll 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 take that one on. I'll go. Let's go. Yeah, I'm serious. I'll I'll go back black horse. Red tees break Red tees, seventy. Break seventy. Yeah, easy. And for all your listeners out there, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. Send us in. Show up. That's a challenge. Setting down the gauntlet. Now, I had an interesting one this week. This isn't the first time that's happened to me. I had two couples that I was caring for, and one of the ladies was about him. Pull a putt or make a try and make a putt, and I farted in her backswing. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it, either of you done that? Uh, uh, yes, I'm yeah. sure I have, but I don't think it was ever audible. <laughs> it was shocking. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I had a lot of barbecue, you know, and I, I thought it was safe. Uh, I'd, I had, I obviously had gas, and I'd let a couple of go early on, and it was no problem. 
and wow, just I didn't even turn red. Kind of nobody said anything. <laughs> no, everyone was very polite. There was a kind of oh okay. Yeah, you she know, missed the putt. We're out there caddying for older people, so there's a lot of farts going off <laughs> on the, on the well, greens. Yeah, you know, it's not happened to me very often, and yeah. That's well, I, I purposely eat light before work, so I never have. <laughs> Seriously, so I just don't have digestive problems out there because, uh, you know, I've been with caddies a few times where they're yeah. like, gentlemen, I'm going to see you in about two holes, and they just run <laughs> off to the restroom, you know? And I, I feel for that. That's terrible when that happens in any situation, but, of course, there's no real breaks when you're caddying, so yeah. you just have to abandon your players for a couple holes. Well, yeah. I, I actually go through it with the sneezing. So you ever, you ever there, the guy's guy, he's taking it back, and you're holding that sneeze, yeah. and you're just like, oh, oh. you're struggling. No, you just can't, and it just time it perfectly. I tell you, two days ago, I took a big sip of water when I'm on the tee, and I inhaled it into my lungs, <laughs> and I started to choke, and the guy on the blue tees, who was a good player, was starting to swing, and I... I'm trying my best to hold it in, hold in the noise, but I feel like I'm going to explode. Just yeah. listen, just because he was in the blue tees doesn't mean to say he was a good player. It, that is absolutely true, <laughs> yes. but he was an excellent player. I'll give okay. him full credit. Fair enough. Uh, that's stories of the week. The main meat and gravy of this is we've been talking about Big Tony for several months now. Uh, very intelligent man, uh, so we are, we're told. Uh, he's also uh, several winner of the Bell End of the Week. The yes, Bubba indeed. Watson proud, Bell End of the Week. Proud winner. So, uh, we do you think it might actually be renamed one day? It, it well, we have to wait till the end of the show. We might have a little news on that. Okay. But uh, t- Tony's become a cult hero. He does. He cult hero. You will uh, a later date be doing Caddy Jeopardy, but we just wanted to introduce you to the listeners on this episode. So. And the next part, we're just going to be talking a little bit about your golf career uh, <laughs> and, and your caddy career. That's coming up now. Four. Three or four time Bubba Watson Bell End of the Week, Tony. <laughs> I think it's, it might be three or four. I can't remember. I'm just I, I, proud that there was a streak there. I believe it is four. I don't think anyone is, will ever beat that. No, not even sure. Bubba Watson or VJ Singh. Uh, how long have you been caddying? 20 years now. 20 years. May May 1st was 20 years, yes. Yeah. That's incredible you've lasted that long, huh? I know. I've been faking it for a long time. You play golf, obviously? <laughs> I do. Between 8 and 10? Yes, most of my life. Yeah. Any hole-in-ones? One. As a player? Yeah. 13 oh. as a caddy. 13? You know 13? Well, wow. 13, I'm count, I count 13 that I've been in the group for. Like, if the other caddy's player makes it, I count that. So... Uh, oh. <laughs> well, it's thirteen. I've been in the group for. I mean, that's, that's like a two. That's like Steve Williams saying, "Yeah, I, I've got uh, fourteen, fifty majors." Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do, do you? Yeah, well, because Phil was in the group one time. So people, <laughs> people don't ask you how many hole in ones have you actually helped them on, which is about two. You know, but they ask you how many have you seen, and I've seen thirteen in have the group. Have you been influential in any of those? Uh, one, I think I, yeah. I helped out. Yeah. I, I gave him the right, I gave him the right club. It was the fifth, the fifth hole at the big course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the wrong club. I gave him the right club and then he sculled it off the flag and it went in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were discussing this this week. Producer Mike had uh, a guy, what, four years ago? Yeah. Four or five years ago. Yes. And we carried for the guy again and he started telling a story and it's incredible how the story, his story kind of differed from the, the actual <laughs> yeah. real story. From the reality, truth. yes. Because Mike, was, uh, it was a short one. It was only about 1.30, 1.30, a lot of wind in her face. 
and this clown wants to hit an A wedge. So it goes gap, pitching wedge, nine iron. Mike says hit eight. Eight iron. Eight iron. And this guy says, oh, blah, 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 blah. oh, no, 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 you're mad. Oh, you're mad. This, and then he starts threatening Mike. If this doesn't go on the green, if this goes long, Mike, and we're just, and he hits it, it spins five feet from behind the hole and in the hole. He won $4,000 on that shot. Wow. The other players all said, you need to make sure you pay Mike. What, what, what's acceptable in that scenario there? I would say at least 25%. The fact that was yeah. we were three clubs different than our, what we were going to hit. That is hit. remarkable. I'd go three a clubs more. is remarkable. Three clubs. I, I, would go, I was going to say half. Because yeah. not, not only this guy needs the money anyway. And he gave him 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. 50 bucks. <laughs> that doesn't shock me. I have to say, I, I've seen some great holes in one. I've never gotten a, a huge reward for it. No? No. I mean, well, uh, good tips. Yeah. You know, good, good. But never, you know, somebody says, oh, let me write you a check for 10 grand. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, that's a little heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. But, hey, uh, you know, the suggestion's out there if you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I never actually asked you about your own hole-in-one. Tell us about that. Uh, 168 yards, 17th hole at Monterey Pines in Monterey, California. Uh, four iron. and uh, How far, sorry? 168, oh, yes. It must have been a lot of wind, huh? <laughs> there was, was a little headwind. I was going to uh, say helping wind. But that's uh, yeah. that's a 170 club for me. And did uh, it, did it hey, land? It uh, landed a foot short of the hole and hopped in. I could not actually see it. I assumed it did because there was a. it was January, and there was a huge ball mark a foot short of the hole, and the ball was in the hole. Okay. Yeah. But, so I didn't see it go in, but uh, that was... Uh, that was my only ace. I've holed out from the fairway a few times, but uh-huh. I only hole in one. Best score ever? Uh, 74. That was in Texas, a par 71 course called Diamondback Ranch in Abilene, Texas. Yeah. Just played really well, made a few putts. That was a good score. Who were you playing with? I was playing uh, with strangers, two strangers. I was I was the only one who knew uh, me. Strangers. Yeah. Strangers, yes. Yeah. Uh, unverified then. First I'm hearing about this. I've known him <laughs> yeah, for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh-huh. funny. I never heard about old Diamond Ridge before. <laughs> no, Diamondback Ranch. Diamondback right. Ranch. Yeah, yes. Okay. Right, um, so seventy-four, well, solid. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I've uh, I've broken par for nine holes twice, but never for eighteen. Holes. Mm-hmm. You, did you follow Wee Neil's quest for the caddy? Uh, the I did stuff? actually. I enjoyed your videos. Uh, great drone work on those. Yeah, Thank it you. was fun. Uh, Neil is quite a bit better than I am. He's, He's a real solid. golfer. He's solid. But here's here's the thing. During that, we came up with. Three principles about consistency, temperament, and discipline. Okay, how do you rate for those three things in your own game? Is that, is that are those three uh, things? Consistency is ever elusive. Okay. Uh, temperament, uh, uh-huh. much better now. When I was younger, I was not very even tempered. I was Seriously? a little hot-headed monster. I can't. Uh, I can't imagine any stories about that. Uh, yes, I. Uh, uh, so. I played on the high school golf team. We're at practice one day. Just practice. It's not that important. Uh-huh. I par the first seven holes, eighth hole. I cannot remember my score, but it was at least quadruple. 19? At least quadruple. It wasn't 19. <laughs> Proud to say I beat that. But uh, at least quadruple. So as I walk up to the ninth tee, I don't throw a club. I take my bag by the strap. And I hurl the whole bag across the tee, <laughs> but I, but I did not realize that the golf coach was pulling up behind me in a golf cart. <laughs> Tony, get in the cart. You're done for the day. <laughs> Benched in practice. Oh man, I, I can see. I, I can see you being a hothead. I've seen it. 
I am embarrassed how badly behaved I was as a teenager. Like, I remember playing with my grandfather, and my grandfather was shocked at my behavior. Because uh-huh. I was, you know, Sweeting? I was swearing, angry. I broke many clubs when I was younger. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got over it by the time I was, you know. 39, 40 ish. <laughs> Gordon, I thought you were having our friend Tony, and who is this man? Oh, I tell you, it was a great example of how golf can affect people because I think, in general, I'm pretty easygoing, but uh, man, I was, a, I was a little monster. As a, if it started going bad, I was just angry. Yeah. Yeah. So, would that be one of the hates of golf, what it, what it does to your personality? Uh, well, I, I have to admit, it did honestly show me something about my personality it revealed something to me which i didn't care for that i was impatient and short-tempered in certain situations mm-hmm. you know uh, i didn't have the discipline to realize that i wasn't going to play well every time mm-hmm. and i uh, didn't react well that's interesting yeah. see the three principles it's about it main th- i made those up by the way that was purely <laughs> came off the t- a couple of weeks ago uh consistency temperament discipline Discipline um, is not my strongest suit, but I think I do okay at it. Like okay. I, uh, I've gotten to be a single digit. I was single digit for years. I'm not at the moment, but we'll get back there. Diamond back ranch. Yes. But uh, <laughs> you know, I worked at the game and uh, I did okay. I'm not uh, never been you know a particularly successful competitive tournament player or anything like that. No, you know, like the competition. Uh, no, I enjoy competition. I've just never been successful at it. <laughs> I enjoy competition a great deal. Uh, I had uh, one of our colleagues is a he and I played every two man team event together for years, and eventually he just stopped playing with me, not because he didn't enjoy it, but just because he doesn't win Could when win. I play with yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, I hear. there was um, there was a rumor I heard in the cart barn actually a number of years ago about you being a bit of a choke. You know, I still dispute this okay <laughs> i still dispute this even though you thought you saw me choke i still don't think i choked uh-huh. but uh we have different analysis of the situation i mean i played reasonably well for my handicap and i lost and mm-hmm. i lost at the end but sometimes that happens yeah. i remember you choked against me in a match did i yeah i thought i beat you 11 and 10 that was when i was injured <laughs> <laughs> oh there's that story I again one eye. injured that was Come on. Uh, I know, that? actually, you, you beat him in a match that I backed him. Uh-huh. Yeah, true. But you know what? That that was when I... I think that was when I was in the wheelchair, wasn't it? So, <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. But tell uh, me... We'll uh, have to tell the story of that someday. Yeah. One day. One day. One yeah. day. Well, you can tell your side and I'll tell the truth. <laughs> tell me, caddying. How'd you get into caddying? Uh, so I had a friend who I got to know through his other job, uh, who is a, a very senior caddy at the big course. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, we were talking about it, and I had actually applied to be a caddy a couple years before because I always thought I would enjoy it, love golf since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When I don't hate it, I love it. Um, but I actually applied at another course and never heard back from them about becoming a caddy. But uh, after I met uh, one of the senior caddies at the big course and uh, we became friendly, uh, he's like, oh, if you want to be a caddy, we'll get you on. They're uh, yeah. hiring a bunch of people that year, and that was uh, – 2000, that was the year of the U.S. Open when they did hire a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I think there are still eight or ten of us left from 2000. i got to be honest, if you applied and you didn't make the grade, that, that says something about that resume. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I might uh, stay out of this one because uh, yeah. back in that day, I was involved in some of that hiring process. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I didn't interview with go. producer Mike, but I. Uh, uh, so uh, the senior caddy introduced me to the uh, gave my name to the pro, and I uh-huh. went in for an interview, and they hired me, and I started in beginning of May in two thousand. Yeah, hey, how was it initially? Enjoy it? Uh yes and no. It was very intimidating at the start. I, uh, you know, I I felt like I knew the game of golf, but I didn't know the course very well, and of course. At that time, it was a very primitive training system. All I did was follow senior caddies around for two rounds. We talked about how the course played, and then I just went out and figured it out. You know, those first few weeks, you know, people are paying a lot of money for your advice. Some money for your advice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I was intimidated, and I will say that caddying is a great uh, a great thing to do if you want to cure yourself of shyness or doubt because people expect you to provide the information they expect you to talk to them they expect you to tell stories mm-hmm. and they expect you to know things and even if you're not sure you know if you give them you say i think you should do this you know it's important that you give them clear opinions mm-hmm. now uh if you are uncertain of course you shouldn't always admit that you're uncertain but never never bluff it well i, I think Wing Tony, it. what you need to do is if you go out there and you talk with a Scottish accent for some reason. <laughs> you just believe everything because I, I very true, that. very true. I, 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 I think there's a premium in the income as well. True, true. Yes. If you think that's primitive though in the training, you just as long as you're standing up. It's like was... having a French accent when you're a chef. You know, ah, baby. Scottish... Would you like a uh, yeah, uh, So no. uh, it, beginning when I was an early caddy, it was pretty intimidating. I still remember uh, uh, a player told me at the end of the round. This was maybe a week or two in. He's like, Tony, you did a great job, but you should talk more. Now, I know you're going to find that hard to believe by somebody that he's made up for, hasn't he? (laughs) For somebody, I know you'll find it hard to believe that somebody told me I should talk more, but it's true. And uh, it it takes a couple years to get comfortable. It did for me. I still remember when I I really started feeling like, oh, I I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to get everything right, but I'm going to get most things right. And I felt relaxed and confident out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was wondering, you know, I said about the Scottish accent. I always wondered. I should ask you. Um, wonder if an American went over and started catting in Scotland, if people would feel the same way. Well, mo- <laughs> most people that take them are Americans anyway, so <laughs> yeah, they, really they probably wouldn't be that impressed. <laughs> and I know they'd we'll- probably be let down, but oh, you oh, really? Right. I came all this way. I've heard all the stories about these degenerates. You know, and, and I end up getting some some preppy lad from you know Massachusetts. Oh come on! Next, yeah. I want a Scotsman and fresh from the gutter. I I would actually have to say that I've found in my experience that if you don't know what you're doing, sound as if you do, and they'll believe it. That's what I've I've so many times. Yeah, yeah. Try and kind of whisper it. If you say something with real authority, most people will believe it. And frankly, you know, most golfers I'm working for, even the first day I started, I was a much better golfer than them. They should listen to me just for mm-hmm. that reason. And then as I got experience on the course, now, you know, after about uh, three to 4,000 rounds, they should listen to me. It's funny. I had a lady not long ago who had was playing the course for the first time and hats off to her. She'd only, only been playing for three days. She seemed to know more about the course than I did. So, hey. It can happen. It can happen. She's an excellent judge of intellectual capabilities. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, I was, was I? Oh, is that right, Sharon? Oh, well, you know, imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Sharon seems very perceptive. What do you love about the caddy and then? The- oh, well, of course, I love golf. So I love being around golf. 
and helping golfers. If I feel like they've had a great day and I've been able to help them, that's very satisfying. I love the fact that I am in hundreds of people's photo albums. I think that's a great thing. You know, I'm a part of a special memory for them, and I, I really like that. There are lots of other things I love. I love being outside. I love the course where we work. It is a magnificent piece of property that they turned into a magnificent golf course. The uh, the sunshine and the beauty, it's all very nice. I love helping people. And, of course, you get to meet so many nice people. I mean, uh, golfers in general seem to be a nice group of people, and uh, you wow. get to make a lot of friends and uh, have a good time most days. Most days what, it's pretty fun. His list compared to mine. It's come so, so different. After, was, that, after that soliloquy, uh, I think Jim Nance should be uh, <laughs> interviewing him. <laughs> I, I was going to say. <laughs> it's like a master's moment there. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. It's great fun. Uh, I, it's yeah. good. Great things. Yeah, uh, I'll have this. Cash in hand. Uh, work your own schedule. Never have to see someone you don't ever want to see again. Work when you're hungover. Well, those were just those were four of mine. That, that well, you the beauty. You know that I'm a lightweight, and then I cannot yeah. work hungover. I I just can't do it. I have to take the next day off. I will say I love your what you said is all true. Like the the scheduling is a tremendous perk. Yeah, I mean that is so wonderful to just say. I'm taking you know, six weeks off next June. I'm taking two weeks, and I'm going out of town, and I'll just let them know that I won't be there. Tell me, what what do you not like about caddy? There's only a few things. There are a couple couple times a year you meet a real asshole. I uh -huh. mean, there are some genuinely awful people in the world, and you meet them <laughs> occasionally. I mean, I like I said, I think I'm pretty easygoing. I get along with almost everybody, but every once in a while, you're just like, oh, you're a terrible person. Well, and, uh, and actually, it's funny. When I started catting, that was tremendously intimidating. Uh -huh. But now I just, I'm just very polite. I give them accurate information, and I just stare at the ocean and enjoy the view. And uh -huh. then uh, after a few hours, I never see that person ever again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I, there are a couple things I hate about catting. There's okay. one thing above all else. I hate working in the rain. Uh. <laughs> working in the rain because... All the things you like about catting go bad. Like, the people are almost always in an awful mood. Measurable. The the bags get heavier. Oh. Your clothing gets heavier. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big guy. And the nickname is not ironic. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big guy, and you put me in a couple layers of Gore-Tex, and I'm yeah. both cold and sweating to death. Yes. You know, and... Yes. Uh, Angry, I think. It's just generally miserable. I mean, I've learned to deal with it because five times a year, it's going to be really bad. But of course, that's the joy of California. It's only five times a year. Most rainy days aren't really that bad. Oh, five it's, times a year? Really? Well, it rains more often than that, but five times a year, it's really bad all day. Okay. You know, there that's are a lot of days. more than I'll go out in the yeah. rain. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you, you just got to go out and suffer a few times a year. Oh, and, I don't uh, mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite golf courses? Uh, you want the top 10? Hey, ooh, oh, oh yeah. here we go. Yeah, let's yeah. Oh, you, look you, at this. I've heard you guys uh, yeah. quote other people's top 10s. So these are my, my top 10s. I'm going to start, start number 10. 10 with a new course. Of course, I played in January. The upper course at the Whisper Rock Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. A magnificent course. The uh -huh. best desert course I've ever played. I really enjoy desert golf. Love visiting Phoenix at Palm Springs. And it is just a tremendously challenging, fun golf course in a gorgeous setting. Perfect. Gorgeous setting. Yeah, love that place. Number nine. Did you, did, you, did, you, did you listen to the episode where I gave my top 10 and I went from 10 down to one and we Neil went from his top one to 10? Right. Yeah. Didn't quite work that one out, but okay. at least you're number nine. Hear that, we Neil? 
Number nine. Uh, <laughs> number nine, Spyglass Hill. Okay. Uh, Otherwise known as the Wee Course. The Wee Course. A great golf course. A difficult golf course. I, a course that uh, is fun despite being difficult. And I think that's actually a hard thing to pull off. It's great fun, but it's really hard. I love it. Okay. Um, I, one of my buddies, my buddy who is my partner in a lot of tournaments, he says it's the best course on the Monterey Peninsula. That's ridiculous. He's wrong, but it is a great golf course. <laughs> He's definitely wrong. Yes. He's definitely wrong about that. Number eight? Uh, number eight, uh, Pacific Dunes in Bandon, Oregon. Okay. Uh, the best of the courses at the resort. It's a wonderful place, the resort. The uh, Of course, you come come visit us first, but Bandon mm. is wonderful as well. I love Pacific Dunes. It's just a great day out in a beautiful setting. Number seven? Number seven. Now we're going on a long run of Lynx courses. Love it. Bally Bunyan in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of great courses in Ireland. I've been twice, and I loved it, but Bally Bunyan was my favorite. Okay. It's just a beautiful course, a tough course, a lot of fun, a great experience. And, of course, there are a lot of golf courses that are a great experience, but mm-hmm. that was special. Moving on. Jump on. Now we're going to your homeland, Carnoustie. Ooh, Carnoustie, huh? Carnoustie was a course that surprised me. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why I loved it so much because I had heard over and over again that it's really hard, really good, te- really good test, but it's not very interesting or exciting or fun. And I loved it. I yeah. thought it was just great fun, a great uh-huh. golf course. Kind of more flat yeah. though, isn't it? It is very a flat, flat golf. It's very one of the flat. best flat links I've played. Yeah. I've never played the old course, so I know that's another flat links, but the new course I've played, I've played Port Marnock, which is very flat. Mm-hmm. Of the flat links I've played, it is the best. Okay. And uh, hopefully I'll play the old course one of these days. But uh, moving on, the gem of the Highlands, Dornick. Okay. Dornick up Sheep in Scotland. shagging country. It's a gorgeous course uh, on the ocean, a great challenge. Uh, I've only played it once. I very much hope I get back there at uh-huh. some point. Yeah. Speaking of home, number four on my list, Turnberry. Yeah. Oh, Turnberry. I'm disappointed with that, Tony. Yeah. The Elsa yeah. course. Oh, I, I thought you were going to see the Bruce course, maybe. Yeah. And then the Elsa course might be number one, but. The oh, Elsa okay. course. This is the best Lynx course I've ever played. It is a, just a fantastic combination of history, beauty, challenge strategy it's just a wonderful day out of golf if i I woke up and knew i was gonna play turnberry i'd wake up with a huge smile on my face look at you two your eyes are meeting this is like a real (laughs) dovey moment here (laughs) it's like a big over moment uh well he happened to grow up a few miles from a magnificent course yeah all my life Uh, love it top three a little predictable yeah all american pine valley pine valley number (laughs) three Pine Valley. Uh, is, that, is that a Muni course? Pine it Valley? is not. It's a uh, private club in New Jersey. It's in the Philadelphia suburbs. It's a unique golf course. Uh, it, it deserves its fame. A uh, nice thing is this day and age, you can like watch uh, drone flyovers of the course on YouTube and, okay. and actually see the layout. Because I, I, in some ways, I feel bad putting private clubs on here because nobody I th- I can play them. I think you should them. feel bad because it's like, yeah, let's, let's show drone footage. Because let's face it, for where 90- no one's going to play. For 99% of golfers in the world, Pine Valley is inaccessible. I got very lucky that a friend of a friend invited uh, invited him and asked him to bring a friend, and that was great. But it was a wonderful experience. It really is a phenomenal golf course. Okay. Number two? Number two, Cypress Point. Oh. oh uh, I never saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. you, you don't need to tell us all about that. Number uh, one? 
Number one, Pebble Beach. Okay, yeah. I love it. It's very famous, and uh, when you are very famous, people, there are a lot of people who want to say, it's sure, it's great, but it's not the best because. But it's always the reference point. And, of course, I'm biased. I grew up near there. Mm-hmm. I've played there several times. I've walked it a few times. What's your best score? And, uh, 80. 80. Front 80. or back name? Uh, ha, 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 uh, ha, ha, ha. I, wanna, I, wanna, I did have to birdie 18 to make 80. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, that's your top 10. Lovely. Thank you for that. Glad e- experience to Experience of pros. Have you been around? Because we just had the Champions Tour in town not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and we had Frosty. Neil's not a big fan of uh, Frosty. Either was that. Wait, sink David or swim. Frost? Yeah. Uh, I... I've met him. He's an odd character. I will say, I will give him credit. The man is a magnificent putter. I actually enjoyed watching him putt because wow. every putt either went in or just rolled up to the hole and stopped. I mean, we're talking 60 foot triple breakers. And they just roll up to the hole and stop. Okay. But uh, how long ago was that? Uh, that was 2004. Aye, aye. Yeah, things, he was things, partnered things with uh, yeah. the name we won't mention. Um, but uh, I've had some wonderful experience with pros and a few odd experiences like you. I've wor- I've worked the AT&T, I think, nine or ten times, always caddying for amateurs. I've caddied for pros in the uh, the TaylorMade Invitational. At the time, it was the Callaway Invitational. And, of course, in the Senior Tour event, uh, I've been among a lot of pros. Uh, wonderful experiences like Steve Stricker, huge fan. The man is a prince. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, an odd anecdote, but uh, not an odd anecdote. But anyway, during the tournament, I actually pointed this out because in the eighteen T, you're with the pro for three days. The pros and the amateurs are all the same for three days. So I pointed this out to the people in the group. I was like, "Watch Steve," because during the round, of course, in a big tournament like that, you've got four caddies, four players. You've got a sign boy, a rules official, a walking scorer. You've got all these people in the group, and I was like, "Watch Steve." During the round, he's going to make sure. He spends a little time with each person in the group. Mm-hmm. He's going to walk with the sign boy and ask him about his golf. He's going to walk with the score, ask him where they're from. Just makes an effort to make everybody feel included. He's just a genuinely nice man. Okay. Yeah, big fan of his. There's some, uh, you know, not so great experiences. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we want to hear. We don't really, you know, that's what the listeners yeah. want to hear. Yeah. All right, out. so <laughs> Taylor made Invitational. Uh, is the tournament uh, the week before Thanksgiving every year at Pebble Beach. It's four amateurs paired with a pro. The four amateurs are a team that stay together, and then each day you get a different pro. Now, the amateurs I happen to be working for with were friends with Scott McCarran, who is a mm-hmm. classy tour pro, a really nice guy. We played a practice round with him, and uh, he saw that we were paired with Lee Jansen the first round. He's like, I'm going to talk to Lee. Let him know you're friends of mine. I think because he suspected behavior. What, what's odd is it's not a very lucrative tournament it's not a huge purse mm-hmm. and it's four amateurs with each pro so you're stuck in a fivesome with four amateurs you think if you didn't like amateurs you wouldn't play anyway we've got four caddies for the four amateurs and then mr jansen is on a cart no caddy mm-hmm. so they uh usually in that sort of event you don't meet the pro until you get on the first tee we get to the first tee we're up at the amateurs tees he's back at the pro tee they introduce him he hits it right down the middle. He walks over to his cart, gets in the cart, and drives out to his ball and stands there by the cart path <laughs> before anything else has happened. So the amateurs and the amateur caddies are all looking at each other like, what What just happened? Like he didn't say hello to us. It just yeah. He just hit and just drove away. 
Uh, so we all, so the, the announcer announces each amateur in turn. We all hit down the fairway. As we're walking out to our golf ball, he walks out to his golf ball. So he's on a cart, so he's already down there. We're on foot. We are walking down the fairway. He goes out to his ball, hits it on the green, goes to a cart, drives up to the drives green, and wait for us. Oh, what lovely. A so nobody talked to him until the green. I think eventually, three or four, four holes in, he remembered, oh, Scott said these are friends of his. I should be a little nicer. And he did engage in a little conversation. But I was like, Lee, why are you playing in a pro-am with four amateurs if you don't like amateurs? Just don't play it. What a, yeah. what a bell end. Uh, that's a fair assessment. He's awful. We've had him before. Uh, he, he was in our group one time. This is actually pretty funny. Um, you know, the uh, AT&T, we're starting on the 10th tee. Now on the tee from Jupiter, Florida, two-time U.S. Open champion, Lee Jansen. Dead shank right. Oh, wow. <laughs> that surprises me. <laughs> Onto the beach. And from then on, it was, didn't say a word the rest of the day. Yeah. No, I um, probably, probably, it was probably a highlight of the day. Miserable. Absolutely miserable. I, uh, I just... Don't understand. I mean, if he won that tournament, what's the top prize? 60 grand. Six, 60 grand? Yeah, why, well, why even just, play in just, it? Just angry in life. He probably has to play because he's uh, with his sponsors. I'll tell it you. Could be, yeah. Could we, be. Um, there's been a lot of talk a lot about Caddy Jeopardy, right? A lot of people <laughs> want to have, have talked about wanting to come on to Caddy Jeopardy. Uh, you are first in line, but we felt as if you had to prove yourself first. Okay? So, All right. Mike. He comes up. It's his. It's his brainchild, Carrie Jeopardy. So he's going to ask you some of the leftover questions from Carrie Jeopardy, and we're going to see if you can get them. Yeah. Okay. If, if you perform well, then you will stay at the top of the queue. Oh. Uh, this is to see if you're worthy to come and play myself and we Neil and Carrie Jeopardy. Okay, and Mike, across to you. You know, you know what this actually is, Gordon? Why is it's it? It's a pre-qualifier. It's a pre-qualifier. <laughs> a pre-qualifier. <laughs> Let like, me ask you, like um, we Neil, before you start asking questions. Can I have some real competition in Jeopardy, or do I have to play against Ooh. you and Neil? Oh, game oh. on. Oh. oh, smack talking before he's even got the pre I mean, when it comes to trivia, yeah. I'm not talking any trash about golf, because you'll smoke me. But wow. <laughs> All right, here we go, Tony. What is the only U.S. Open course whose 18th hole was a par three? Oh, that's, uh, that's got to be uh, congressional. Congressional in uh, Maryland. Uh, Let's see, that's where Rory McIlroy won and Ernie Els won. Yeah. Oh, that is nine. correct, yes. Yeah. In, in 97, then when Rory won there, they actually flipped the nines or right. did something to reroute it, but they didn't end. But that was the only time. So And, okay. uh, of course, Ken Venturi won there in 64. Yeah. Okay, right, right. Stop, stop showing it. off. Let's move on. <laughs> Nearly died of heat exhaustion that day. moving here. You next guys question. had your Turnberry moment. Let us yeah. have our trivia moment. Next question, please. I, there's no way. Okay, here's a tough one. But who knows? With I know this guy knows everything. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what is the longest hole on any golf course in the United States? Oh, I know there's a par six that's over 800 yards in Virginia. The name of the club? It's Meadow something. Uh, wow, Meadow Farms. We had this. <laughs> That is correct. We actually had this. Wow, impressive. I tell you what. Uh, 800 yards. I've heard of it. I know there's some uh, monster long courses out there, but uh, uh -huh. I've actually, have you ever played a par six? There's one never. up in Oakland. I've never, never played it. Never. 841 yards this hole, par six. So. Wow, okay. that's Pretty impressive. Good. Next question, please, Mike. Okay. 
what is the only course in major championship golf that starts with a par three? Wow, everyone knows this one. Everyone knows this one. Pacific Grove, the first two holes are par three. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a local beauty. Um, uh, It's uh, the Lynx course in England. Royal Lytham. Yes. Royal Lytham. It's uh, the old day uh, in Wisdom job. That's right. Woozy, wee woozy. Just Fifth. think of that. If it was not a par three, yeah. he w- probably would not have been penalized because he would have pulled driver, realized he had two drivers. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, that's uh, how I know that one. That's where Tom Lehman won and a lot of other people. 1996. Yeah. Okay. This, that's exactly this is right. Ter- this is a golf term we've all heard in the past, but uh, no one really sometimes really knows what it is. So here's the question. What exactly... Is a balada golf ball. Well, I can't give you the chemical composition of the cover, but of course that is the uh, the the soft cover back before modern golf balls. When you had three piece golf balls that professionals used, balada was the soft cover. Now, uh, of course, they developed hard covers because balada, if you miss hit it, would slice like uh, like a cake. You know, it would cut very easily. So poorer golfers would destroy balada balls quickly. But uh, these were the balls that the uh, the best players, professionals played. Yeah, that, like the old, uh, like the old Titleist professional. That's a balada golf ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, back I, I, before I, there were Pro V ones. I, you know? like, I think he tried too hard, a little much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think I think he's really fighting for that yeah. spot. Okay. You know, I think I'll probably pass his test. So, All right, thank so, you. So there's only one question left. Okay, what's that? Do you think you could take down Wee Neil? And Big G in the game of Caddy Jeopardy. I have to admit, I have my doubts. I've listened to the episodes, and uh, Wee Neil is much better than me at like what's going on week to week on the tour. Yeah. He follows every event. He pays close attention. He is knowledgeable. Actually, Wee Neil's picks are great if you're mm-hmm. a gambler. Yeah, but what, what uh, about me? You're not scared of me. Uh, I'm scared of you because I'm worried that you might whack me with a club if I if I get a little cheeky. Okay. Well, we'll, but, we'll uh, set that up in the in the in the next uh, few few weeks and months. We will probably have to split it into six holes apiece, three three different carry jeopardies. We are going to move on to notable mentions, mailbag questions, and a little bit of podcast city trivia, and then we'll finish off with Big Tony. Four mailbag questions as always, Tony. We have four right now. So we're going to kick off. What kind of scores would today's pros shoot if they were to use wooden shafted clubs and gutta percha balls? Um, right, that comes from Jason C. Las Vegas, Nevada. Good so. question, Jason. I uh, I could give you a very long answer to this, but I would say slightly higher than they score now, uh, slightly lower than the scores were in early opens when they did use that kind of equipment. Basically, people are people. People don't change over history, but there are many more golfers, and the training is much more intense. So they are, I think, slightly better athletes, modern golfers. And I'm assuming you play on the same courses, so the same conditioning. The conditioning would lower the scores a little. The modern conditioning is much better than the ancient conditioning of the golf courses. You know, the greens, the fairways, the rough, all much better. So that would lower the scores, but otherwise they basically shoot what the guys who used to play with those clubs would shoot because those guys were really good too. Jason, Jason, are you sleeping yet? <laughs> yeah, I think you just put him asleep there. Jason, you asked the question, Jason. I gave you a straight the answer. answer. They would depends how long they were playing, what course they were playing, and I think they play way better because athletes now compared to back then they were all smoking, drinking, you know, who knows what else. Today, Dustin Johnson compared to Bobby Jones, yes. 
no contest. So. Definitely a better athlete, but that's only going to make a little difference. And Jones a was a huge, great, Jones huge was a great difference. athlete. We'll have to disagree there. Next question. This is from a Bill F. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What is your favorite hidden gem golf course that you have played? Well, I'll try to only give one answer. One answer. <laughs> the best answer I think is a course in Ireland called Ardglass. 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 I happened to play with this big goofy Scotsman <laughs> who was really annoying because he's such a long hitter. He's so so good at golf. Who was that? Was that Big G? Oh, it was Big G. Big G. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I happened to read somebody mention Ardglass as this hidden gem, and it truly is. Now, I know why it's not famous. The cl- It's a private club, and the club doesn't seem to want a lot of publicity. But, of course, they're open to visitors. Uh, there are some holes that are fairly boring. You know, there's some holes yes, that are mundane. up in the pastures that yes. are just kind of bland golf holes. But there are, what is it, six to ten? I should have looked this up. Six to ten holes that run right along the cliffs of the ocean that are just mm-hmm. magnificent. Yeah. And it's great fun. I, I loved it. Did you, you enjoyed it too? Didn't I was you? wonderful. I loved it. It's, yeah, it looks like a harbor almost, where the clubhouse is, a little yeah. harbor town. The clubhouse um, was awesome. Clubhouse it's a, nice. Actually, a medieval castle. And there was a guy called Brian that I knew, and I had met him once. Called him. He took us out. He just said, "Put everything on his tab." We ate and drank on his tab. He paid for a round of golf. Never heard from him ever since or spoken to him. So Great man, Brian, thanks, if you're Brian, listening. Good lad. That was a <laughs> wonderful listening. day out. Uh, yeah. If you happen to be planning a trip to Ireland and you're not doing a you know a fixed tour, you're up in Northern Ireland, you're playing Royal County Down, you're playing Portrush, you should definitely stop at exactly. Ardglass. Okay, next question. In all honesty, how many times have you just mailed it in while caddying? That comes from the bogeyman, Austin, Texas. Five to eight hundred, <laughs> something like that. Um, let me let me clarify. Now, I want to say I care about doing a good job. I put in effort. I'm going to give you an honest effort. But there are times when there are groups who just in. don't need much help. Like the perfect example, there is lots of corporate golf at the big club, the big course, I should say. And uh, often the corporate outings, they're just there to talk to each other about business. They're not focused on golf. They've all played the course before. They don't want to hear my stories. They don't want to hear trivia about the course. They just want to talk to each other about business, and I'll read the putts for them. Mm, and, not my uh, experience. Not my experience. And, well, it's not every day that this happens. This is only happens a few times a year. It's actually kind of a nice day off. I love to show people around. I love to play tour guide. But it's nice to have a day where it's where it's not necessary. Mike, how often have you mailed it in? <laughs> Just once. Just the once? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, this is so funny because I remember this round, this was maybe 10 years ago, and I actually got done and said to myself, man, did I just mail it in. And two days later, the caddy manager comes to me. There it was. The, yeah, the complaint. <laughs> exactly what the golfer said. Wow. Mike still got a complaint. mail it in. Wow. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I mailed it in today. So final question. Now that your bell end of the week has been named after Bubba Watson and Vijay Singh, are there any chances it will be named after someone else anytime soon? That's from Wee Willie and Girvin in Scotland. Now, I will say <laughs> that if frequency counts, that I think I, I'm a contender for yes. the big Tony bell end the of the week. The big Tony bell end of the week. <laughs> but uh, I will say that I will never be as big a bell end as either of those gentlemen. Okay. Uh, I would say Lee Jansen could happen, but he's not well enough known. I think there could yeah. be a Patrick Reed and a Bryson DeChambeau. So they're they're definitely the, the next contenders. Those That's two. It. 
Um, we'll move on to notable mentions. Have either of you boys got anyone you want to say hello to? Hey, I mentioned that I played Whisper Rock for the first time this year. I want to shout out to the member named Jim who uh, hosted us. Thanks very much for doing uh-huh. that. That was a wonderful day out. Great yeah. experience. Well, I think, Gordon, uh, my shout-out is also your shout-out, so I'll let you know. Yes, with it. okay. Well, it goes. this was the, myself and Mike worked for a guy called Ed from Dallas this uh, this past week. He brought uh, some friends. They're known as the Brokeback Boys from Dallas. <laughs> and <laughs> Aren't they from Montana? <laughs> and we hadn't seen Ed in five years, and he turned up, and as soon as, he was one of those infectious people who, as soon as you see him, this schoolboy smirk. You know, a 60-year-old with a schoolboy smirk. <laughs> and we, we remember him straight away. And then he told us that his last time he'd been here, I'd worked for his pal Ashby, who had uh, knee braces. And we drove around in a cart the whole time. So we had a wonderful time. I hardly worked. Had a great laugh. He told us Ashby died last year. Oh, that's a shame. So, yeah. it, uh, you know, this one goes out to Ashby. So, you know, we're thinking of all you boys, the Brokeback Boys from Dallas. And it made me start thinking about, I've been caddying 26 years and, I've often thought this of how many people I've met and carried for and how many are no longer with us. It's uh, kind Rest of a morb- morbid thought, but, you know, <laughs> interesting. You know? Hey, uh, let me do another shout out. I forgot somebody we worked to worked for together. Kirk Reed is a regular listener. Yes, Kirk. Kirk. He always, he always loves to All contact us. Yep. All the best. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. You can also check out the YouTube channel. We have some really exciting news coming for Masters Week, and it's something we're going to be live streaming on our YouTube channel, so that's the Glorified Donkey one. Big Tony, you have a YouTube channel, Trivia, is that right? I do, Big Tony's Trivia. If if you're interested in uh, Jeopardy, Trivial Pursuit, that sort of thing, Uh it's tough trivia, but it's good stuff. Five, six-minute trivia, 20 Uh, questions. There are, uh, there's uh, two different kinds of quizzes on there. There are 21-question general knowledge quiz. Those take 10 or 12 minutes, and there are 10-question uh, quizzes on specific subjects. Okay. Actually, I'm going to bring in one of those 10-question quizzes on golf and uh, we'll shoot that, that at uh, you and uh, producer Mike and we, Neil. Okay. So that's uh, uh, YouTube, and the name of the channel is? Big Tony's Trivia. Big Tony's Trivia. So get across there and subscribe to Big Tony's cha- uh, channel. Also, and this podcast comes out Sunday morning. Now, by the time you listen to this, the new website will be live. So definitely get across there and subscribe down the right-hand side with your name and email address so you don't miss out on any news. I want to finish, Tony, on... We have lots... You'll be on again so we can talk more about caddy stories and get into the nitty-gritty. However, I have been working for 26 years, as I say, as a caddy, and there's a lot of very, very funny things that I've either done or seen or... You know, other people have been involved in. However, my favorite story involves you. Do you have any idea what this one is? I think I do. I think I have a coffee mug with this on it. Yes. So uh, we have coffee mugs and it. it was inspired by a, a big Tony day. We were caddying for some cheap Canadians and it was a four day job. So it was the middle of the summer. So that's prime real estate for caddies to be making good, good cheddar. But we are carrying singles. Caddies want to work for two people, double the money. So. We'd already said we would do the job, we'd committed to it, so, you know, like good caddies, we turn up, and on one of the days, we get to the 18th hole, I remember it was very cloudy, correct? And Yes, that's... You- you you were carrying a double strap bag. You looked exhausted. You just didn't you didn't want to be there. And I was I was very excited. And we're out we're out ahead of the players. Yeah. No no no. We're on the tee. We're on the we're on the 18th oh, okay, tee. Okay okay. And we are 
We'd already organised it in 25 minutes' time. We'd be going for a drink, so I knew that I'd have my lips around a nice cold tall boy, <laughs> one of many, no doubt, that night. And I slapped you in the back, and I says, uh, so, so how's it going, Tony? And, and you just went... We did that thing where the lips go, <laughs> and you and you kind of rolled your eyes back, and you said, "I'm exhausted from pretending to care." Okay, <laughs> pretending to care, mailing it in. Do, do you think you mailed it in that day? No, now, I genuinely pretended. I yes. I was actually putting in the effort. Well, I know you pretended because I then erupted. I was I not thought, mailing it in. I thought this was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I start laughing, and then your golfer came across from the 17th. He came over the sand dune, and his name was Tom. And he had a head that you'd think he had three brains inside. It was so big. <laughs> big, huge, flat-brim hat, and he had a little goatee beard. I remember him. I, ca- I can see it happening. And he came across, and he went, Well, Tony, what we got here? You know, because he was from Canada. Wee, Tony! And, and you physically, you took about half a second, and you, you, you took the deep inhale, and you went... Well, Tom, we got a par five here. And, and, and it was, you, you went from being Big Tony to this Oscar-winning actor. So how long have you been acting for? 20 years, I guess, in the uh, caddy. Well, acting is, you know, that's a very pejorative way to put it. I, I've been putting in the effort. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So that is my favorite uh, caddy story, <laughs> pretending to care. Big Tony, oh. thank you for coming and joining us this week. We will look forward to having you in the future. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Producer Mike, thank you for your time again, as always. Always a pleasure. Excellent. We, Neil, if you're listening, you know, I hope that you are well and rested, and we will see you next week. So to all our listeners out there, thanks for listening. If you if you have missed some of the episodes, go back and listen to the catalogue. But for now, enjoy your golf, but most importantly, keep it humble. Hey, man, can you help me with my golf swing? Oh, yeah. I got this little problem, I got the hooking the ball, hooking oh. the ball. Maybe you can help me with my problem on a Saturday night. My daddy night. always told me that I seem so strange. Now I'm working at the driving range. Looking for love, doing my scene. Trying to get the women to show me their swing. Oh, life is strange. Dreaming of the children working on the Mulligan. Hey.